the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The El Conservador Radio Show is sponsored by Border Hawk News on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Time for the El Conservador Radio Show with George Rodriguez. George is a constitutional conservative who loves to expose fake news and liberals. Be a part of the show. Call 210-308-8867. And now, El Conservador. George Rodriguez. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer, on this beautiful Saturday, August the 14th, 2021. Welcome to the show, my friends. It's packed as usual. Yes, we've got a lot of folks. Uh, we've got a lot of great guests for you, so uh, I don't want to uh, delay it too much, uh, just to let you know that... Um, <clears throat> For those of you who are interested, I have my new shipment of books. If you're interested in buying El Conservador, Conservative Opinions, feel free to send me a, uh, an email uh, on my website or on my Facebook page. Uh, contact me either way you want. Uh, social media, I'm all over social media. Send me a note and uh, I'll be glad to um, send you one. Uh, we will uh, be also, I'll be uh, doing tours. I'll be getting, getting out uh, still uh, speaking engagements, and I'll be sure to bring uh, copies of my book then uh, so that uh, folks can purchase it. At any rate, okay, so who are our guests today? Let me give you the lineup. Uh, first of all, we've got Congressman Tony Gonzalez uh, from the 23rd District of, uh, of Texas. His district is the one that has the largest longest border with Mexico of any district in the United States. So he's going to be talking to us about uh, the border crisis in his district. Secondly, we have independent reporter, writer, very good friend of mine, uh, Mr. Ken Ward. He's going to be chatting with us also about the uh, border crisis and um, some of the things that he's been reporting on. Then we have Sheriff Brad Coe from Kenny County, uh, Texas. Kenny County is one of those counties on the border that has been, uh, or near the border, it's not on the border, but near the border, that has been experiencing some real problems with illegal immigration. And uh, Sheriff Coe uh, will talk to us about some Cubans, yes, some Cubans that he's picked up uh, in, his, uh, in, in his jurisdiction. Finally, we've got Mark Morgan, very good friend, Mark Morgan, former uh, Customs Border Protection Director under Trump. And uh, now he's a fellow at, uh, at FAIR. And uh, he's going to be, uh, I mean, uh, Mark pulls no punches. And he's going to be ch chatting to us with us about um, the uh, situation also on the border, the policies that have created this, this nightmare and that are continuing to, you know, what they're doing to make things worse. They're not making them any better. So without any further ado, my friends, let's go to our first guest, Congressman Tony Gonzalez. Thank you for being with us, my friends. Call your friends. Tell them that they uh, tell them to join us once again. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP nine thirty AM radio. The answer. 
Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM radio, The Answer. And uh, we've got uh, our spe- a special guest, uh, Congressman Tony uh, Gonzalez from uh, the 20th, 22nd District here in Texas. Here in, in, It covers a little bit of San Antonio and a large part of the uh, Texas-Mexico border. So we wanted to get him on and chat with him and ask him uh, to give us an update about what's going on in his district, uh, among other things. Congressman, thank you very, very much for taking time to be with us this morning. Um, talk to us. Tell us about what uh, – give us an update about what's going on in your district because lots of things uh, we hear, uh, unfortunately, very few things on uh, on a lot of the major TV stations. Yeah, good morning, George. Uh, good to be on your show again. And it's uh, District 23, so oh, I represent 23. Texas 23. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's perfectly fine. And it goes from, uh, it's it's, lar- it's a huge district, larger than 30 states. It goes from San Antonio all the way to uh, El Paso. So uh, over 40% of the southern border. And sadly, things are as bad as they've ever been on the border. And that's not just me saying it. It's every, anybody who lives on the border works on the border, they know it, they see it firsthand, and it's not getting any better. You know, historically, right around the summer times, even during the the, the toughest years, uh, the the immigration, the illegal immigration would go down around June or July. We haven't seen that. We saw 188,000 in June, July. uh, I'm hearing the numbers over 200,000, 210,000 around there. And then August, the, the numbers are just picking up. So there's literally... No end in sight. I mean, people, pure chaos. You know, high-speed chases through these small towns, which would otherwise kind of be these uh, quaint, sleepy Texas towns, have turned into war zones, essentially. Not to mention the sheer amount of uh, illegal aliens that have come through nonstop. And, and, you know, this whole... Meanwhile, you got Joe Biden in D.C., in, in the White House, sitting comfortably, you know, asking himself, is he going to dictate another mask mandate? One, we've had 1.3 million illegal aliens come through, no mask, no vaccines. It's bad, George. Uh, it, it just, you know, we uh, we hear about the chases. We see the, the uh, 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 reports on Facebook and on social media uh, of folks. We hear the stories. Um but uh, it, it just doesn't seem like like the message is reaching Mayorkas or uh, any of the uh, a- any of the folks uh, in decision making uh, places up there in, in D.C. I mean, even the uh, vice president when she was here didn't say too much about it. Oh yeah, I mean, look, vice president, uh, she's checked out. They they have no interest in solving this. I mean, it boils down to one thing: it's all about political uh, power and political capital, and they don't want to spend any political capital on the border at all. They feel if they get engaged in it, all it's going to do is slow them down on pushing this very, very uh, progressive agenda that we're seeing. I mean, heck, this this week, the Senate's going to vote on this $1.2 trillion uh, infrastructure package when there's a good portion of it in there that has nothing to do with infrastructure, right? And right behind that is a 3.5 trillion dollar reconciliation package that has nothing that's filled with nothing but soft infrastructure like i don't even know what that means no one even knows what this means so they are they're they are so focused on pushing their leftist agenda that they don't want to tackle the border and it, they're, you know they're going to pay the 
I do. And it, it, most people feel powerless, and I get it. Uh, I mean, at times, yeah, as a member of Congress, I sometimes feel powerless. So they always say, what can I do? And I would say this, stay, in, stay informed and stay engaged, right? Continue to do that. And it does work, and I'll give you a prime example of it. You know, we've been pushing, uh, you know, this crisis started pretty much the, the minute Biden took over. Um, back in January, my phone started blowing up from, from uh, you know, law enforcement, sheriffs and border patrol agents, and they're going, Tony, it's going to get bad. It's about to get real bad. So we've been pushing and leaning on the administration, and one of the things in particular was uh, we pushed to get more ICE agents to, uh, to, the, uh, to the border, right? And because what's happening right now is the Border Patrol agents, they're not in the field. Of over 40% of them are in these processing centers processing these migrants. They don't want to, one, they don't want to be there. Uh, you know, they don't want to be processing migrants. They don't want to be babysitting migrants. Two, they want to be out in the field. So what? So finally, after months and months of political pressure, the administration is is caved, and they're sending 300 ICE agents to RGV and uh, Del Rio sectors uh, to process migrants. But you know, does that solve the problem? No. The only way that the only way we solve this problem is if Joe Biden goes back to the Trump policies that worked. But in the meantime, having 300 agents on the ground to help uh, ICE agents to help process migrants is a positive thing. But I'd say just stay, stay involved and stay engaged. Let me ask you about two things that um, this reconciliation package uh, seems to include, uh, particularly for your uh, district, which is so large. Uh, there is a uh, there is a, apparently a, a, a piece in there uh, about taxing on mileage. I mean, <laughs> how would that impact on a, on a district your size? The bottom line is the you know the Biden administration does not care about rural America. They just don't. I mean, everything is focused on how they can help urban areas, right? And look, my district is both urban and rural. You know, I've got parts of San Antonio, and then I've got everything in between before we start getting to El Paso. But I'm very sensitive on rural America. You know, what, 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 how is this going to help rural America? And, you know, one of the things is uh, during a hearing, I had the uh, Secretary of Transportation, Buttigieg, come before. You know, I sit on the Appropriations Committee, so all these people come asking for money. And he, you know, he's pushing this, this uh, infrastructure package. And he's talking about, you know, how these uh, charging stations throughout America are going to be good for everybody. And I, you know, I ask one question in particular. I go, uh, I go, Secretary, you know, please explain to me um, how, you know, how this, these electric vehicles are going to impact farmers and ranchers. Because my farmers and ranchers, they don't use Teslas to carry their hay for their livestock. They use pickup trucks. <laughs> and he, right? And he goes, there, there are no Teslas out in, you know, Uvalde and Del Rio and Presidio and, and Port Stockton. Uh, they, they just don't exist, man. Uh, and one, and they're not cheap either. You know, it's not as if it's a cost-effective deal. It's a very elitist uh, type of, of uh, situation, these, these electric vehicles. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and his answer his answer was uh, his answer was essentially, well, they just need to start. They need to start using these. And I'm just going, <laughs> you are so out of touch with rural America. It's not even funny. But I go back to it. This just, administration 
the only way the only way the border crisis gets solved is if they reinstate Trump policies that work. In the meantime, we just got to do our best to kind of keep fighting fighting them and holding them accountable. Yeah. One more question before we let you go, and that's regarding uh, one of your colleagues, uh, Corey Bush, who continues to. Uh, who continues to button down on the idea of defunding the police. Um, you know, it, it, there's been discussion, there's been uh, proposals by uh, AOC and, and, and the squad to defund uh, the Border Patrol, now you, now the police as well. And, uh, my gosh, uh, what are your thoughts? <laughs> yeah, no, it is, it's crazy, that's my thoughts, is the left, it, they aren't even hiding any, anymore. You know, before they used to hide it. They used to, you know, try to, to uh, you know, talk about these, these issues, uh, you know, gun safety or violence, you know, like all these, these soft issues and try to talk about, talk around about what they're trying to do. They're not trying to hide it anymore. They're like, look, we want to defund the police. I mean, straight out of their mouths. We want to defund the police. We want to take away your guns. We want abortions on demand. This is another one, George, that, that, that you know, you should really... Uh, cover as well, it's getting kind of lost in the mix, is uh, the Hyde Amendment. You know, and they have stripped away, the left has stripped away the Hyde Amendment uh, in, in these appropriation bills. And the Hyde Amendment's been around since 1976, and it protects against federally federal funding abortion. And it's a bipartisan manner, and they've stripped it away. Um, it's just these type of things, you know, the, the the left is pushing, and they're doing it out in the open, and they're not even, they're not ashamed about it. They're not ashamed to call themselves socialists anymore. These aren't Democrats. I mean, a lot of times, these aren't Democrats that we're fighting. These are socialists uh, on some of these, on some of these folks, and we got to fight with everything we got, because everything's at stake, you know, Second Amendment, life, um, you know, the, uh, law and order, I mean, all of it is at stake. It's it's a really scary time, and I go back to it. Please stay involved and stay engaged. You got it. Congressman, thank you very, very much for taking time to be with us this morning. We uh, appreciate it tremendously. Uh, anything else that you'd like to add before we let you go? Uh, no, thanks, uh, George. I appreciate you having me on, and uh, always, always love uh, listening to your show. Stay at it. I know you're really busy, and I know you're always seems like you're everywhere man and we need more we need more of that just uh you know conservatives to be on the ground hearing it you know getting the ground truth you got it thank you very much folks we've been speaking with our good friend uh, congressman tony gonzalez from the 23rd district here in texas thank you very much congressman all right take care george mm-hmm. once again my friends george rodriguez and from Salvador on klup 930 a.m radio the answer Hi, folks. This is George Rodriguez, El Conservador. Looking for information on immigration, borders, refugee resettlement, asylum claims, nationalism, and globalism? Go to BorderHawk.News. BorderHawk.News has up-to-date information on these topics and their impact locally, nationally, and internationally. BorderHawk.News has the news that's not covered by the other media or websites. Stay informed on one of the most important issues in this country, immigration. Go to BorderHawk.News. Dot news. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM radio, The Answer. And we've got a um, dear friend of ours who's been on before, but it's been a, a while, and I had to reach out to him, uh, freelance uh, uh, reporter Kenrick Ward. 
And uh, Ken's been uh, writing like everybody else has been talking about the uh, issue of what's happening on the border and what provoked it, what's caused it, what's fueling it, and a few other things. So I wanted to get Ken on the show to talk to us because he's written some articles recently. He's been reporting on some stuff recently, and I wanted him to um, elaborate a little bit more for us. Uh, Ken, thank you for taking time to be with us. Talk to us about uh, these articles that uh, you've recently written. Okay, George, and good to be with you again. Thank you. Um, did a couple of articles this past week on uh, both the national and the border situation. Uh, with immigration, there's never a lack of things to write about. It's like uh, Tom McKidd in the candy store here. Um, the first one that I did was on the U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services, uh, known as USCIS. Uh, this is the agency that administers America's naturalization and immigration system. And it turns out that uh, it's been losing $3 million a day, as well as cutting corners on security. So it's a, it's a lose-lose proposition for U.S. taxpayers who are having to foot the bill for an agency that is supposed to be funded through user fees, in other words, immigrants, um, and it's just getting worse under the Biden administration. Uh, the Trump administration tried to update the fee schedule uh, to put the agency back on a firmer financial footing. Uh, and this is something that the agency is actually, by law, required to do every two years. But they haven't done it, and it doesn't look like they're going to do it under the current administration. So uh, the gist of my article was that uh, even the agency's own ombudsman had forecast dire financial straits for USCIS, and sure enough, that's coming to pass. Um, interestingly, uh, while this is uh, under discussion, the Wall Street Journal uh, came out uh, just a day or two ago with a report, uh, kind of a, a tearjerker, if you will, uh, about how the, the line for processing uh, of immigrants and naturalization papers through USCIS is at a record backlog. So this is another problem that not only is the agency hemorrhaging money, uh, but it's not even doing its job as it's uh, supposed to do. Uh, the angle of the Wall Street Journal being uh, employer-friendly was that uh, the U.S. government is at risk of waiting 100,000 employment-based green cards this year. Quote, more than a million immigrants, most of them Indian technology workers, have been waiting in line to become permanent residents, unquote. So from the Wall Street Journal's perspective, uh, USCIS is not uh, fulfilling its mission of bringing in and legalizing and legitimizing as many foreign workers as possible at a time when we have 45 million Americans unemployed, including a couple million uh, immigrants. So uh, this is just a, a case where the media is distorting the picture. There's not one mention in the story of the financial issues that are plaguing USCIS, nor does the uh, newspaper bother to report on the uh, aforementioned security lapses that uh, USCIS is uh, is having, where it is cutting corners on vetting 
uh, of the uh, immigration and naturalization applicants. It's uh, scrapped an update of uh, biometric scanning. It's not running names through the FBI database. Uh, just it's it's just again uh, the absolute worst of both worlds, where we have an insecure system that's losing money and uh, it's not even performing its function. So uh, that was uh, a bit of a triple header there for for people who care about how their tax dollars are spent and how their nation is secured. Wow. Uh, it, it's not going well. Oh, God. You know, it, it seems like every time that we dig a little bit, <laughs> we find something that, that's that's gotten even worse under this administration. Well, yeah, and this is a good example, I think, of uh, where the, the media isn't doing its job either. Uh, it's not doing the digging that you referred to. Exactly. It just, it just takes a, a surface treatment, uh, picks up the talking points, the approved narrative, spins it out there, and the public is totally uninformed and mis-served mis, uh, in the process. Uh, it's, you know, uh, it, it's, it's disgusting. So what else have you, have you been digging up and finding out and reporting on? Okay, well, good. on that same theme of uh, media misreporting, uh, which I know you love, um, is the uh, issue of fast-track deportations. Oh, yes. This Tell us a, about all the deportations that are happening. Yes, yes. This was in the headlines <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, and you know, I'm kind of scratching my head saying, uh, what what deportations, what fast-track deportations? Um, this is something the administration is trying to uh, put out there as if it were really happening. A and shell the media, <laughs> Right, yeah. And the reporters are, are happy to lap it up uh, because it doesn't require any uh, thought on their part. They just regurgitate the talking points. Um, but uh, in, a, in a nutshell, what the administration is, is floating is that they're ready to start, not doing it, but ready to start fast-track deportation flights of Central American migrants who have been denied asylum in this country. Well, that's not a lot of people because not a lot of people are being denied asylum. <laughs> uh, as as with USCIS, there's a huge backlog of cases. Uh, and this is all by design, of course. Uh, the system is is bottled up; it's not functioning. Uh, so, the immigration courts, at last count, were about had about a million point three cases still just on the docket, waiting to be heard. And in the meantime, uh, these. Uh, so-called asylum seekers uh, remain in the country and uh, doing whatever. Uh, it's my understanding that the Biden administration is handing out uh, work papers and work permits to uh, to these individuals. So they're here, and they're going to be here for the long run. Uh, we know for a fact that when they do or, uh, get a date in court, and they're not given court dates at the border, they're just supposed to check in with ICE, which they don't do. Uh, but if, in fact, and by happenstance, the uh, the court date uh, comes up and someone's supposed to show up, uh, the chances of the of the migrant actually appearing in court are about one in eight, one in nine, something along those lines. It's a very small percentage, and really, why should they even bother showing up Correct. for their day in court? Because they've effectively gotten asylum uh, just by being here. And because no one's throwing them out, the, the deportation numbers are at historic lows. So, 
the talk of fast-track deportations is rather silly because we're just not deporting at all. So uh, I, did, I wrote a story on this on this subject. Um, you know, the the other absurd angle to this thing is that there are tens of thousands of inadmissible aliens crossing the entering the country and being allowed to stay. And inadmissible is a actual term of law, and it's not being applied by the Border Patrol or anybody else. Uh, the administration, when it announces that it has uh, made uh, X number of encounters at the border, that's their terminology, um, that does not mean that those encounters lead to apprehension. And if it does lead to apprehension, it doesn't mean that they're going to be um, taken out of the country, removed in any way. So we have tens of thousands of people each month uh, being admitted to the country when they are not actually supposed to be admissible. And then, of course, we have the uh, estimated 300,000 migrant gotaways who have sneaked across the border so far this fiscal year. Amazing. And go- yeah, gotaways are not a term that the bird patrol likes to use, but these are people who've just uh, absconded. They've, they've uh, gotten out of the uh, away from border patrol, which is stretched thin and doesn't have the resources to fully uh, protect the border. So we're talking big numbers here. Um, again, not widely reported, but. Uh, as the administration touts its new fast-track deportation, uh, deportation program, um, here's the ultimate irony. The White House is actually considering plans to bring it, other deportees back to America. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, you've got it's, to laugh. Surreal. I mean, it, it, it is it, so it's, crazy. Well, it's clown world, and, uh, you know, one of the featured proposals of this this, uh, this the, uh, program would be to grant reparations to a thousand plus illegals who had re- been removed by the Trump administration. Reparations, so, mm. right? How, so how is that? How is that fast tracking any way except coming back into the country? Incredible, incredible. You know, it, it, it just it, it goes from the sublime to the ridiculous. It absolutely indeed. does. Yeah, indeed. Um, wow. So that's why I say it's like a, a hog and flop here because there's just so much. Absurdity and you know, irony is a nice, uh, uh, I guess, a nice literary construct. Uh, unfortunately, it's it's real, it's true, it's happening. It's not being widely reported, but uh, we, we do what we can to try to uh, get the truth out there. My gosh, my buddy, uh, here at the conclusion, anything else that you'd like to add before we let you go? Well, uh, we're watching. Uh, the governor, uh, Governor Abbott's um, efforts to try to stop the marauding, speeding, reckless uh, activity by smugglers in the state, moving migrants around from point to point, putting them in stash houses. Uh, this is a, a, an issue that uh, needs to be addressed. It's not clear yet how that's going to be worked out. Uh, the governor's floated out a program, but it's on hold. So we're going to have to wait and see. But people, especially in South Texas, but in all corners of the state, are being victimized on the roadways by these uh, reckless human smugglers who don't care about human life. Uh, They just care about getting their charges to the destination, which is usually a crowded stash house where 
illegal aliens are packed into a house and incarcerated until such time as they or their relatives come up with the money to pay the cartels. That's right. That's right. So uh, we're going to keep an eye on that. I thank you, my friend, and thank you very, very much for coming on the show and, and taking time to be with us. Once again, we've been talking with our good friend Ken McCord, uh, freelance reporter here in South Texas. Thanks a lot, Ken, for bringing us uh, more details and more information. Happy to do it, George. Thank you. And once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. And uh, we've got our good friend, um, uh, Sheriff Brad Coe from uh, Kenny County. And I wanted to reach out to him because Kenny County, as most of us know, is uh, one of the hot spots of uh, what is happening in the border crisis. And I wanted him to give us an update of what's going on, including, Sheriff, I hear that uh, you have um, come across uh, some uh, Cuban uh, immigrants. Now that's a long way to swim. Well, good afternoon. How are you doing? <laughs> Real good. Uh, Tell us yeah, about recently, uh, what's going on. Well, recently we've had a we've seen an uptick in uh, groups of Cubans, which is highly unusual for this part of the country. Uh, in the past, well, in a twenty-four hour period, we had two groups of twelve, so we had twenty-four Cubans, all Cubans, in, in two separate groups in one day. Uh, one of the groups that we encountered, uh, when the deputies got on scene, they started demanding to be driven to the border patrol station because they were here to collect to, for a political assignment. And when the deputy said, no, it's not going to happen that way, you're under arrest for criminal trespassing, no, 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 you can't arrest us because we're here for political asylum. Oh, and my gosh. They kept on and on with that phrase. And now they're at the, at the Briscoe unit in Dilly because we charged them with uh, criminal trespass. Now, the, uh, uh, l- let me make sure that, that the folks understand. The, the, that center in Dilly, that is uh, holding folks that, com- that uh, break the law, commit a crime, uh, other, of course, than, than entering illegally into the United States, but that are, right. are, are, are held there. And... Um, these folks are were claiming that uh, you couldn't hold them and, or, or arrest them? Right, that's what they I mean, they just flat out told the deputy that, no, you can't arrest us because we're here for political strife. Oh, my gosh. Now, the governor set up this that particular uh, unit there in Dilly to house these uh, immigrants that were charging with criminal mischief for cutting fences and for criminal trespass. Uh, one of the things that we're trying to kind of convince the governor who are trying to run it up the chain to get his attention is we need to put the smugglers in there too because my jail's full of smugglers right now and we kind of need to move those onto a state facility where they have more room where I can open my doors again to other things. Yeah, I, I would imagine that a, uh, that a uh, facility or a, a county, a county the size of, of Kenny County as far as it's the population that you've got a uh, a jail that's um, I mean that's it's not large I mean certainly not uh, the size of Bear County here in San Antonio. No, 
Now we got a maximum capacity of 14. 14 people. 14 people. Wow. And, uh, and, and, and so in one, in, in one day you pick up 24 Cubans, <laughs> which already exceeds yeah. the, the, uh, the capacity. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I, we set an all-time record today. We processed or we booked in 17 people this morning for criminal trespass that are on their way to Billy right now. Uh, so it pushed my crew, the dispatchers, and the deputies to the limit. I mean, we had, of course, DPS is out there with us. There was one that helped with the paperwork, watching them while my jailers and my deputies booked them all in. But it takes some time. But they pulled it off without any hitches. Everything went smooth. The more we do, the faster we're getting, the better we're, we're doing it. Now, while you're doing all of this processing, this booking and whatnot, um, there are other emergencies or other calls that you probably could be getting taken care of across the bo- the the county. Correct. Correct. I mean, but we're still we're still getting those those calls handled. Uh, so it does slow down the booking process a little bit. But if there's nothing going on at that moment. It's uh, everybody's got their sleeves rolled up and doing a bang up job. Amazing. The um, I mean, uh, uh, again, the uh, you you booked twenty four Cubans. What other nationalities are are you coming across? Well, to be honest with you, the only ones we've done so far, we've done a, hand, a handful from Mexico, and this the biggest group so far has been the Cubans. We've done. Uh, I do some quick math here. Uh, we've done. We've booked in twenty seven people. In the past seventy-two hours. Gotcha. Now, uh, uh, you know, help us to understand um, the the um, the smugglers. Uh, why aren't they being detained in in, in Delhi? Uh, well, I mean, that's that's one of the questions we have. Is that that's our biggest? That's one of our bigger concerns. Is the smugglers because since it is a felony, they sit in jail sometimes for a month or two months before they ever get to go to trial, and that eats up my jail space. If we could transfer them to Dilly, that would that would free up my jail. That would free up Edwards County. That would free up some of the smaller counties around us, including Valverde, where we could handle some of the local stuff and serve some warrants where we need to serve. Gotcha. So, if you arrest a smuggler, for example, uh, are you are they prosecuted there in Kenny County? Or are you going to send them someplace else to be prosecuted? No, well, they'll, they'll be prosecuted here in Kenny County. But we oh. can store them. You know, housing basically anywhere in the state. Gotcha. Oh, yeah, that's true. All righty. Yeah, that, that, that makes sense. Uh, amazing. So, you know, it, it um, there was a, a, a horrific situation, a horrific accident the other day um, uh, caused by a smuggler transporting several people. Uh, I, I think it was over 20, and there were 11 of them that were killed in the crash. Um, uh, are you still having chases there at uh, there in Kenny County? Our our pursuits have dropped almost none. Uh, we put the, the traffic. We've seemed to have pushed it uh, to various other parts of the state. I think Valverde County's uh, having some smaller issues, but the, the big push right now is the Uvalde County, and they're I, I couldn't tell you. I can't speak for Uvalde, but I know they've had a, uh, a large number of pursuits here in the past week. Wow. Well, yeah, and it was in in Uvalde County where the last time. Uh, I was driving back from Kenny County, in fact, that uh, I almost got run off the road because uh, there was a chase going on. So yeah. I've seen it personally. 
So it's, it's an eerie feeling, isn't it? it? It it really is. I mean, it's very very surreal. It's like the first time that you ever watch a uh, a crime committed in front of you. You know, you just you it, you 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 see it on TV uh, or in the movies, and then you watch it in person, and it just is uh, it it freaks you out. It it, it truly does. So, uh, what uh, you know? In conclusion, here, what uh, what do you think would I, I mean? Biden obviously is not going to act. Bob, you know, obviously he's not going to act, and he's just making things uh, a lot worse. Um, the state needs to take action, and um, you know, in some form or fashion, are 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 the troopers helping out? Uh, state troopers from other communities or other states are they helping helping out in any uh, way that you can sell, that you can see? Uh. Honestly, yes, the, the, the troopers are, are, are doing good. Uh, they are actually helping us with the, with the, with the arrest. Actually, they're making more than we are. Uh, they're helping with the booking process. They're helping with the transport. Actually, they're doing all the transport, really. Uh, but, no, they're they're helping out. Right. They're doing the best they can with what they've got to work with. And uh, But I think the governor kind of needs to step up also and uh, maybe do a little more and start looking at some uh, – Bills to put a financial hurt on Mexico. Yes, yeah. I mean, you know, one of the things one of the things that we've heard a lot on our show is this uh, issue of, uh, you know, uh, how how can we how, why are we providing f- funding uh, international aid to these countries that continue to send their their illegals to to us, and then we're taking care yeah. of them here on top of that. And you know, that, that's one of the things if they're to receive our financial aid, we need to have a little bit of say so in, in some of their policies. I'm not saying run the country for them, but if they're sending their people here and we're sending them money, we're they're double dipping. Exactly, exactly. And then on top of that, uh, all of the entry points for the um, uh, for Mexico. I mean, I mean, uh, Mexico needs to needs to feel in some form or fashion um, the pain of, uh, of of this invasion. And yeah, yeah. Uh, anything? Yeah, it's, so easy. it's easy for the it's easy for Mexico to, to blame us for the Fast and Furious fiasco and want to sue everybody in the United States for for them not having the Second Amendment. Right. But as soon as we start trying to put pressure on them to curb at least at least control their southern border, exactly. Uh, all of a sudden, we're the evil ones. Yep, that's right. That's right. Anything else you'd like to add, Sheriff? Before we let you go? No, I think uh, that's about it. I, I think we're going to come through this. It's going to take us banding together. Yes, it is. Lord willing, I, I think we will we will uh, prevail. It's just going to take some time, and everybody just needs. Yep, I I, I truly believe that uh, you know that uh, we will prevail. It's just uh, it's just been been very very tough. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP nine thirty AM radio, and we've been speaking with our good friend. Sheriff Brad Coe from Kenny County. Hi, folks. This is George Rodriguez, El Conservador. Looking for information on immigration, borders, refugee resettlement, asylum claims, nationalism, and globalism? Go to BorderHawk.News. BorderHawk.News has up-to-date information on these topics and their impact locally, nationally, and internationally. BorderHawk.News has the news that's not covered by the other media or websites. Stay informed on one of the most important issues in this country, immigration. 
go to borderhawk.news. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador on KLUP 930 AM radio, The Answer. And we've got our good friend, former commissioner uh, for the border and for the Customs and Border Protection uh, Agency and um, uh, Mr. Mark Morgan. He's now with FAIR. And uh, I wanted to reach out to him because he has been very vocal lately about, uh, well, things are getting worse at the border uh, here, here at the border, uh, Mark, uh, give us, give us your your opinion of what they're doing wrong. I mean, we've got an idea of what they're doing wrong, but give us your idea. Yeah, look, and I think it's very important. As, as George, you and I, we always talk, and when we do, we always talk about facts and reality, not 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 ideologic uh, 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 viewpoints or or. or you know, uh, political viewpoints. We, we deal in facts, truth, and reality. And let's just look at a couple of significant facts. The July numbers are going to come out, and right now they're saying 210,000 apprehensions in July along the southwest border. If you just step back and take a look at that number, in 30 days, 210,000 apprehensions, that's larger than the city of Arlington, Virginia, in 30 days. Now, compound that with month after month after month after month, ever since this administration took over, the numbers have skyrocketed, anywhere between four to 900% increase from this time last year. And by anybody's definition, if you look under the Obama administration, then former DHS Secretary Jay Johnson said, a thousand was a bad day, and I know because I was the Border Patrol chief when he was the DHS secretary. A thousand is a bad day. Now they're getting anywhere between five to seven thousand a day, and the conditions are horrendous, and they're dangerous, and they would be for any country that had to deal with two hundred and ten thousand apprehensions every thirty days. And look, real, real quick, George, look, we've seen the pictures, and some of the pictures I've been receiving are coming directly from the Border Patrol. Now they've had enough; they're done. They said they're, they're overwhelmed. This is lunacy. Uh, um, the, the architects of this, like DHS Secretary Mayorkas, is not listening. Uh, the borders are wide open. And it's not just about endangering our, our, our uh, public safety or national security, but it's also endangering the migrants and the workers themselves, especially in the world of COVID right now. Let me ask you this, because one thing is to watch what is happening at the border. Uh, I am also concerned about what is happening in the interior. Um is ICE or is ICE not being allowed to do its job of rounding people up and deporting them, or at least holding them and picking them up whenever the police pick them up? So, George, this is a very important element that we don't talk enough about. With, right, our, our bandwidth is usually focused on, on the border itself for good reasons, right? I mean, it's being overrun and it's wide open. But what we don't talk enough about is the interior. Look, this administration has systematically removed about 90% of ICE's enforcement authorities. So what that means now is, is they've opened the borders, they've reinstituted catch and release. Between single adults, families, unaccompanied minors, they've released over 300,000 illegal aliens into the country. Over 300,000. The difference is, is every single illegal alien you're seeing coming in right now, they're not going to be removed. Unless you are a known or suspected terrorist or have been convicted of an aggravated felony, you're not a priority. So if you're a known gang member that's been arrested for a burglar from a motor vehicle, for example, uh, and you're here illegally, the Sheriff's Department's going to call ICE up and ICE is going to say, nope, not a priority. It's happening every single day. On top of that, we don't talk enough about the Godaways. 
now with, with 210,000 that, that, that Border Patrol has to process, the, the resources are taken away, leaving large areas of border wide open, George. Right now I'm being conservative when I say over 300,000 illegal aliens have gotten through our frontline defenses. And here's the truth and reality. They don't like to hear it, and you won't hear it from this administration. There are countless criminal aliens among the 300,000 that have gotten away. Border Patrol alone has arrested this fiscal year almost 9,000 illegal aliens that have criminal convictions or have been charged. This fiscal year to date, including the map that they've apprehended, 50 are convicted of homicide. 50. And that's just who they've apprehended. So these individuals are getting into our, 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 our country, are sneaking past, plus the ones that were released, and at the same time, they're telling ICE, nope, can't enforce the law, can't do your job, can't deport anybody. I mean, you know, <clears throat> we're, we're seeing in some communities, well, I, I can speak firsthand here in San Antonio, is that we're seeing um, illegal aliens who are homeless because they have nobody to really, I mean, they're just coming in. Uh, we have uh, illegal aliens who are uh, sick and are beginning to overwhelm a lot of the emergency um, yes. uh, a, 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 emergency rooms at the hospitals. Uh, we're soon going to see them in schools, in public schools. I mean, the impact on the interior is, is, uh, is tremendous. It is, and that's the reality. And, and here's where, uh, again, when, when I'm, I'm just stating the fact, and you know, I'll get a lot of hate mail, that the people that are driven by their ideologic hubris rather than fact, but the facts are the overwhelming majority of migrants that come here and in our country illegal, they're, they're economic migrants. They're, they're, they they have no skills, they have no education, they don't speak the language, no jobs, so many of them don't have any familiar connection here, and so they immediately become on some sort of welfare or, or government-run assistance, just as you described. And then the schools, they, they come to schools and, and, and they, look, they, they, they don't speak the, 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 the language, they, they, they're on, on food programs, they have to get interpreters to help them, the parents and the kids as they're going through the school. I mean, the cost to taxpayers in this country is overwhelming. But, but, but set aside, I, I mean, if George, in addition to the fact basic tenements of any country, right? I mean, every single day, the rule of law and our sovereignty is being eroded, and our national security and the public safety for this entire country is being jeopardized every single day because of this administration's open border policies. And I'll say one last thing. The most inhumane thing a country can do is do what the Biden administration and his chief architect, DHS Secretary Mayorkas, is doing, and that's have an open border policy. Because what you're telling the migrant is that it's worth everything, George. You're telling the migrant that it is worth risking your money and your life to somehow just get to the U.S. border because we've opened the borders. We've we, we set aside the rule of the law. We've set aside our sovereignty. And there will be no consequences for you illegally entering. You're going to be allowed in and you're going to be allowed to stay. And this fiscal year, because of that, Border Patrol has, has uncovered more than 200 dead migrants' bodies. They've rescued over 9,000 migrants. Many of them would have perished had it not been for the Border Patrol. Local law enforcement, sheriffs talk about how they find people in distress and how many dead migrants they found trying to illegally enter. How is that humane, George? It's not. And the conditions right now, when I was commissioner, we're seeing pictures right now of individuals in facilities jammed in, laying on top of each other like sardines. We're seeing thousands of migrants being kept under a bridge for some shade when you have a heat index that's a 110 plus. How is that humane? When I was a commissioner, we were getting a 
media. The only difference is we were trying to stop it, and this administration is putting their head in the sand and encouraging it. Yeah, and uh, and since uh, customs was part of your uh, title there, um, what, the other thing that we are seeing is the amount of drugs that's sneaking yes. in. Oh, my gosh. There was a, a, a good friend of mine that's a police officer here in San Antonio uh, on Monday helped with a huge bust. And he was uh, he's never, you know, he's never dealt with an immigration issue or a customs issue until now. He said, you know, it's getting out of control. It is, and here's another, so, so fentanyl, look, you just take a look at fentanyl, the fentanyl seizures now across the board have skyrocketed, uh, methamphetamine skyrocketing, and, and here's another false binary choice that open border advocates in this administration wants to push on the American people, it's just a lie, and I hear this all the time, well, the majority of drugs are seized, you know, at the legal ports of entry, that's where the resources need to go. George, we know that's laughable. If somehow the drugs are pointed in between the, the ports of entry, somehow it doesn't matter. The truth is, is if you look at if you look at the drugs pointing in between the ports of entry illegally and our waterway, it actually surpasses the amount of drugs that are actually seized at our ports of entry. At the end of the day, but that's what we want. We want to secure our borders. We want to have the tools like the wall system that enables us to shape the behavior of the cartels and smugglers instead of them shaping ours. And we want them to go to the POE, where we have the law and the ability to stop every person and every conveyance. The reality is that's not what's happening. In some areas, you've got 50% or more border patrol resources pulled off the front line to deal and process 210,000 apprehensions, many of them families, unaccompanied minors, and they're, they're, they're relegated to providing daycare services. Again, leaving those large areas of the border wide open. So it's not just criminal aliens that are getting passed. It's not just gang members that are getting passed, but drugs are pouring into this country. We actually have no idea the amount of drugs that are pouring in in between the ports of entry because they're unmonitored and they're unsecured because of this administration. And that's a fact. And that's why we keep saying that every town, city, and state is a border town, city, and state. What's happening on the southwest border doesn't stay there. If you have a meth overdose in Florida, North Dakota, New York, I guarantee that meth came from the southwest border. And we do not talk about that enough. Amazing. It is really, it, it's absolutely tragic. And uh, I mean, it, I, I don't know. I mean, the only thing that I can think of is that it's anti-American. I mean, I, I can't think of any other uh, description of that th- this, these policies that have been implemented. Yeah, George, I, I think you're right. Look, I, I think if, if you, if you honestly, really, I, I, and I, I, I implore people, set aside your ideologic hubris, set aside your political affiliation, just look at the facts. Look at the facts. And the facts will lead you to what you just said. This is about America last and everybody else first. Let me give you another example, COVID. So all of this is horrendous in any given day. But now throw in a global infectious disease. The states, the states are skyrocketing in COVID cases. We have new variants that are going out throughout the entire nation. We have some uh, 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 nations that, that are providing illegal immigrants that they're struggling. They have just a few percent of people that are vaccinated as their cases are continuing to increase. Yet, what are we doing? We're encouraging and incentivizing illegal immigration. It goes against the very order the CDC had to reduce the further introduction of COVID-19 into the United States from outside our borders, gave the authority to Border Patrol to apprehend them on the border and remove them, and this administration is not doing that. If you're unaccompanied minor, even though you're 17-year-old and can carry COVID, you're being allowed in, whether you have COVID or not. 80% of the families illegally entering 
coming to the border patrol, even if you tell them you have COVID, they're still going to be released in the community. How, what planet does that make sense? And what planet is that America first? It's absolutely outrageous. It, it is. And what's even more outrageous is how little the, the news media says about it. You know, I, uh, I've been listening to Univision and Telemundo. They rarely, rarely ever... In fact, I don't think that they've mentioned anything about the COVID other than than uh, the the folks uh, the poor folks need uh, medical assistance. They haven't said anything about they haven't made the comparison about uh, how this administration is treating Americans versus uh, uh, allowing foreigners to enter the country. My man, thank you very very much. <laughs> yeah, just just real quick, I, I just got video this morning that shows an area uh, shows a, a garage that's been converted into a holding facility where, where the immigrants are literally laying on top of each other, no masks involved. I mean, it's a COVID petri dish. And again, meanwhile, they're, they're flooding in McAllen, Texas. They're having to open up their own quarantine tent city because of the amount of uh, you know migrants. They estimate ten to eighteen percent of migrants being released are tested positive. Yep, this is it, this is crazy, George. It, it, it makes really... no sense. It, it is absolutely outrageous. That's the only term that I can think of. Yeah. Uh, the comparison when you make when you when, the things that they say versus the things that they do, you know, it's like reality is not is not truthful to them, is is not important to them. Agreed. Uh, my friend, thank you very very much for taking time to be with us as usual. I'll be checking back in with you sometime in the next few weeks again because uh, I mean, gosh, there. This is the, the. I mean, what we're living right now is uh, is an absolute nightmare down here. It really is, and it's jeopardizing every aspect of our nation: the national security, our public safety, the rule of law, our sovereignty as a nation. It's got to stop. We've got to push back. So, as always, George, uh, you ask, I'll be on. You got it. Thank you very, very much, folks. We've been speaking with our good friend Mark Morgan, former uh, former commissioner for Customs and Border Protection. Mark, you take care. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.